The more you can learn to surrender to pleasure and receive, the happier you are going to be. This is Awakened Love, the podcast, and I'm your host, Angel. This is a space where we get real, real about sex, love, and awakening. So strap in, let's go deep. What's up, beautiful awakened beings? Welcome to another episode of Awakened Love. And today we have a very special guest. They're all very special. I realize I say that every time, but we have literally a feminist icon, a pleasure revolutionary, Regina Thomas Hauer, AKA Mama Gina. She's the founder, head teacher, and CEO of the School of Womanly Arts, which she started in her living room in 1998 and has now grown into a global movement. She's a best selling author. Her book, Pussy, A Reclamation, sits right here with prize place on my bookshelf and is one of the books that I personally recommend and gift the most. So I am so elated and it seems to me like a wild manifestation that I have the opportunity to interview her here today. So welcome, Mama. Thank you so much for being here. And I want to dive in with a question, Regina, Mama Gina, what you speak to the power of pussy the power of pleasure to create a life that you love. I mean, your book has been on my bookshelf and one of the books I recommend the most to the women I work with, Pussy, A Reclamation. Thank you. Yes, it's been life-changing. And what's crazy to me is to think that 24-year-old me reading that book, fast forward to now, 30-year-old, having you on the podcast is kind of a wild manifestation. And so my question to you is, What are some of the wildest manifestations you've had as you've connected to the power of your pussy and pleasure? That's such a good question. And I have to say that I'm delighted that we're opening with this because I know that amongst your listeners are women that have very beautiful, incredible, huge, breathtakingly beautiful desires Mm. living inside of Mm. them. I just want to breathe that in. Cause that's what I experience when I am with a woman is she is a bundle of hot raging desire. <laughs> and one of, one of my missions in my life is to really fan the flames of women's desires, wherever I find them, whenever, wherever I meet them, wherever I connect with them. So my, my deepest desire for this podcast would be that I get to fan the flame of whatever your dreams are, mm. because your dreams are not too big for you. They are exactly the right size. That is why they are yours. Mm. And if I could be anything to you, let me be a demonstration mm. of the fact that a woman can waltz into this life with an absolutely non-logical idea and uh, create a revolution. <laughs> as you did. Uh, a pleasure revolution. <laughs> as I did, as I've done, as I'm yes. doing, as I'm continuing to do, as I do with every step. Um, so, yeah. yeah. So, I, 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 I've, you know, I'm at the kind of the beginning of my career and I'm just like teaching all kinds of things. Um, my training is in orgasm, sensuality, um, man-woman dynamic. Uh, I've uh, so I, I I want to. So I'm creating all these courses. I'm just making them up. I'm I'm I, I think I had the course this course called the fun course, <laughs> um, the fundamentals of sensuality and called the fun course. I have had communication courses. I had this course called the Explorers Club, where we did all kinds of sexual, sensual exploration. And then when I had my daughter, mm-hmm. 
uh, Maggie, who's 24 um, now, I, I had this like a deep connection. You know, when you get pregnant, if you ever do, or if you've been, you, 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 there's this, you kind of find your place in storyline, you know, the ancestresses that made me possible, the girls of today who will be the woman of tomorrow. And all I wanted to do was create some kind of way to have the world be able to handle who and what a woman is. And so I thought, well, I've got to start with women. I have to start teaching women because women don't know who the fuck a woman is. You know, we, we try to imitate masculine behavior and we fail miserably at it. So I thought, well, I'll start kind of a, this courtesan academy in New York city. And I just become a mama. And so I called it mama Gina school of womanly arts and like literally didn't ever expect like it would take off in the hugeness, but yet I kind of did. Yeah. Because uh, I always knew that my game was big. My game was to turn on the world. So I just want to encourage your listeners, make your game big <laughs> as fuck. The bigger the game, the wilder the ride, the more enchanting your life will be. Ooh, so yes. I, um, I had this, I guess, so many desires. Uh, so I started Mama Gina School of Womanly Arts. It was a 10-week course. It was 10 women in my living room. It went uh, on for, it seemed, it was so much fun. And um, and so once I wrote that course, just kind of great pussy in the sky just seemed to be like opening things up for me. Like I, I, I there was a writer called Alex Witchell who writes for the New York Times. And I always dreamed of her profiling me. And um, I dreamt of writing books and I dreamt of being on TV and uh, I dreamt of standing in front of, you know, thousands and thousands of women and uh, creating um, expansion and change and turn on and partying like motherfuckers. <laughs> and so I... Uh, and all of those I, have manifested, I, I, might I, I say, right? Yeah, yeah. for, for real. <laughs> So, so, oh, and then what I did was I was studying the ancient goddess traditions and I was living in a brownstone in New York City. So I painted this mural, my friend Meryl painted this mural of a giant pussy because in the days, you know, 30,000 years ago, if you and I went to pray at a temple, it would likely be a cave and the portal to the cave would likely be the vulva. Mm. So I was like, I got to paint a vulva in my vestibule. And as soon as I painted that vulva, like it started to hoover in. The first thing that happened was the New York Times called the style section and they were sending Alex Witchell to write a piece about me. Yes. And, I, and the piece that they wrote was about the School of Womanly Arts. It went on the front page of the style section. Wow. So that, I drew that in. <laughs> then the next thing I sucked in was- um, I love that term, with the pussy power. You sucked yeah. it in. Yes, just sucked <laughs> it in. Uh, was um, f 12 book offers from different agents and what? publishers. And, <laughs> so I got to write my first book, um, Okay. And, and before that, I really didn't have anything to write about, you know, until I started the School of Women in the Arts and I had been doing my work for a while. You know, it would have been premature if I wrote a book in my 20s or even my 30s. It was much better that it was when I was 40. And then um, the next thing that hit was TV. The Conan O'Brien show, the Today Show, wow. 2020, were all like doing these pieces on me and coming into my 
Pussy Palace and uh, filming me. So suddenly, and this was like before, you know, we're talking, I don't know, 20 years ago or something, maybe not quite. Yeah. Fifteen. So there wasn't like really too much internet in those days. So there would have been no way for me to get my work out as widely as it had got out were it not for all of those vehicles, which now are pretty insignificant compared to, you know, online. But nevertheless, it was, I'd studied theater. So for me, like being on Conan and Brian Earth Today show was like, yes, it was so exciting. Yeah. So uh, yeah, all these, that, and that was like, you know, one tiny stamp of the kinds of things I've created or conjured. And it's literally the power of pussy that has powered me. Yes. I am fueled by pussy. I'm powered by pussy. I manifest by pussy. Like it's nothing, everything happens in my life because of how uh, I trust and surrender to my desires, mm. which I encourage you to do. Mm. It's so much better than listening to other people. <laughs> Stop <laughs> listening to what other people think you should do. It's a really so bad good. Idea. You have yes. Trust your pussy. Trust your pussy. So, trust your pussy. Trust your pussy. For women that are, let's say, um, you know, we're societally so dis- disconnected and deconditioned from that connection yeah. with the pussy. What is mm-hmm. the frequency of pussy, let's say, to you, just to give our listeners a really thorough kind of initiation, let's say, into mm. the frequency of pussy? Yeah. I mean, pussy sounds kind of. Mm offensive it's probably the most pejorative word in the english language you know if you call a man a pussy it's like the biggest insult you could give him if you call a woman a pussy you're probably like trying to take advantage of her sexually Mm. or humiliate her in some way um so it's not a flattering word in one sense except when a woman says pussy and for some reason it makes her laugh it makes her smile. Um, I don't know why. I've just studied hundreds of thousands of women over these years, and no other word lights a woman up like when she says pussy. <laughs> it just lights her up. And so what I mean when I'm using that mm-hmm. word is I mean I'm talking about uh, turning yourself mm. on. I'm turning about turn, talking about like plugging into your radiance, plugging into your aliveness. Mm. I'm talking about being thrilled to be you. Mm. It's not complicated. It's not like when you when you're turned on. It doesn't mean like your pussy's dripping wet and you want to fuck doorknobs, <laughs> you know, or people. <laughs> it's not like that. It's not like a cat in heat, you know. Although I love when cats are in heat, they're so <laughs> like, oh my god, so everything. But um, turn on is connecting to your life force. It's being plugged into your sense of confidence, your sense of power, your sense of yourself, having a place on this earth, you know you're divine. Mm. That's what turn on Mm. is. And that's what pussy Mm. is. When your pussy's lit, you're lit. Mm. Um, The degree to which a woman owns her pussy is the degree to which she owns her life. It it just cuts like that. Yes. So how can a woman begin that journey? I know working with you, reading your books, doing your programs, is there a few tips you could give our listeners on like, reconnecting to that turn on yeah. aliveness yeah well first of all you're gonna just feel more turned on by being in my presence because <laughs> I am like just like that's just who I am I sort of radiate that and you're probably vibing with me right now <laughs> either vibing with me or or like going like wow she is crazy but I am like a silver bullet I plant myself inside any woman 
that connects with mm-hmm. me and it blooms at exactly the perfect mm-hmm. time. So uh, I think the best thing to do is grab my most, uh, f- well, I mean, you've got to grab my book. It's called Pussy a Reclamation. Mm-hmm. And it was a New York Times bestseller, another manifestation. Yeah. Um, and, uh, why? Because it's a, a beautifully written, um, page turner about how to connect with your divine feminine, with your sensuality, how to reclaim mm-hmm. your sacredness, mm-hmm. how to reclaim your light from a world that doesn't support the light and radiance mm-hmm. in a woman. Yeah. Or you could take one of my classes. I'm just about to kick with a class called Virtual Pleasure Bootcamp, mm-hmm. which is so much fun, yeah. especially to be in a community of sisterhood mm-hmm. for eight weeks. And I do, I do a live Zoom every Monday at noon Eastern. And so you get like, you know, dunked and steeped in the waters of your aliveness, your juiciness, your turn on, and given tools of how you can sustain those things inside of your life, plus a sisterhood and a community, which to me is everything. It's a, it's the greenhouse by which desires grow. Mm. It is a community. You can't, you can't really manifest desires without, uh, as easily without a community around you. Yeah. So can you speak a little bit more to that, like the power of community when it comes to manifesting desires? Why is that? Well, I think women are lonely. Yeah. We're, uh, and when you're lonely, you're suffering and we're hurting mammals. You know, imagine if you took, I, I, I took some kind of psychology class when I was in college and they showed like what happened when they took a little monkey away from its tribe and they just put it in a little cage in a little isolation area. And the little monkey went mad. Mm. Like it just couldn't handle it. It was just like, and, and women are not different than that. Like we don't do well. We just self-destruct when we're alone. Mm. But inside of community, we get reflection, we get giggles, we get uh, other women holding space for us, uh, reflecting back our greatness, uh, especially if they're women that have taken my courses or book, my books and they understand the technology of how to sister. Yeah. Uh, because we live in a world where, um, you know, the legend about women is like very bad. It's like women are backbiting or women are com- competitive or she'll steal your man or step over you to get a job she wants. And, and those things are not actually true. They come from the fact that women are scarce mm. and um, disconnected from each other, which isn't the truth of our nature or how we really want to live or be. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm about sisterhood. Yeah. Tell us about and, sisterhood. Uh, like, uh, for women who are listening that may feel that aloneness that you're talking about, that that isolation that doesn't sit right, you know, we're not meant to, as you say, be alone and isolated. We're meant to be in connection and community. So what is the technology of sisterhood? How can we start to mm-hmm. understand it and optimize it? What I've seen women do that works really, really well is uh, because you need women need like an excuse to get together. Why? Because we always put ourselves as last Mm. on the list. You know, we're like, we're taking care of our lovers, our boyfriends, our husbands, our children, our families, our boss, our workplace, 
uh, cleaning the house, you know, all those things rather than really paying attention to our pleasure. And I think we live in a world where women are really starving. Um, We don't get enough nutrients in the land of pleasure. It's kind of like we feed ourselves a very paltry diet Mm. because we're always looking after other people's needs. So I like to, um, I think probably the best way to create sisterhood is grab a friend and and like start a book club and start running through one of my books, mm. like the School of Womanly Arts. I wrote all my books for this purpose mm. so that women could use them as like a little fun book club that they get together every week and do the practices. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and one of the practices that you and I can do right now <laughs> is uh, uh, the first practice I do anytime I teach anything is I'll invite women to brag. Oh, I love this. Yes. Can you tell us so, a little bit? Let's do it. Sister goddess? No. Oh. No, we're going to just do it and then we'll talk about it. Uh, and just, you know, bragging, I want to say it's not boasting. Mm-hmm. Um, boasting is like acting like you're greater than you are. Mm-hmm. And that's not what I'm asking. Um, I think women are legendary uh, women are phenomenal. Fem- women are miraculous, mm-hmm. all of what we do and what we hold. So it's just truing up to what is. Mm-hmm. So give me brag. <laughs> well, I'm bragging that I have Regina Thomas Hauer, Mama Gina, legendary feminist icon, pleasure revolutionary on Awakened Love. That is like, for me, a wild, amazing manifestation so i'm bragging about that having you here with me today okay okay great and now give me a brag <laughs> about you and your partner oh huh. i'm like i'm bragging that pd and i mm-hmm. are really fucking good at taking care of each other and we're dancing an intricate dance in this moment of his business and my businesses and how do we both like feed each other and feed each other's work. And so it's been a really intricate dance and I'm celebrating that we are dancing that dance with a lot of grace and there's no arguments and we're just, yeah, we're just really great at taking care of each other. I'm celebrating that. Give me like an example of that, like of how you guys, so like we could learn from you of ways that we could take care of our partners even better. So he made me a little snack. I had another podcast recording this morning and I was jumping straight out of a session and he was like, is there anything that you need? And I was like, uh, no, I'm okay. And he was like, anything at all. What about a little snack? And I was like, uh, maybe just like running around trying to get ready. And I came to my desk and he had made me a little snack. And then when I had time, him and I are big about food. <laughs> I, when I had time between my last <laughs> podcast recording and this one, I made us both breakfast. And so it's like, we could choose to just keep doing what we need to do for ourselves. Cause we are both really busy right now, but we're like, I'm going to take this five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, and I'm going to prepare you some food because I love you and I want you to feel cared for. And I know you're really busy today. And he did that for me. And then I did that for him. And that's just kind of like, it's a simple thing, but it does, at least for me. And I know for him that that makes me feel really cared for when someone's like, yeah, he's a little snacky, (laughs) even Mm -hmm. though I'm so busy. That's 
That's so good. What did he make you? He just put a little bowl together with pieces of fruit and um, nuts, like macadamia nuts and pecans. And I made him scrambled Perfect. eggs and salmon. <laughs> oh, damn. That is so good. We love to eat. So, so good. What are you, <laughs> what are you bragging about, Mama Gina? I, I would just like to brag that this week I am doing a um, – a pleasure challenge mm. and uh, holding space for about 1500 plus women all week. Oh. And so I know myself and I was like, I'm not going to want to do that from New York city in the winter. So I called up one of my best friends who, you know, yeah. Layla Martin. And I was like, girl, <laughs> can I come hang with you? And uh, in the queendom for like a week and do my, um, challenge from there and just be in the sun and experience uh, LA and all that. And so she was like, yeah. So I've been here for a week already in LA. I've been to parties, had incredible sensual experiences, um, laughed my head off, gone <laughs> on hikes, been shopping. Um, made amazing meals, uh, gone out to amazing meals, mm. um, uh, just had the best time that you could dream, uh, uh, did a new moon ritual with some girlfriends at the top of a mountain mm. last night at sunset. Like, it has been so rich mm. and so fantastic. It's just been like very LA and very nature and very delicious to yes. be here. And I I just brag that I'm a genius to have gotten out of New York City for the week <laughs> and come here. <laughs> Fuck yes, babe. I am mm. celebrating that. I can feel the nourishment as you speak it. I can feel it hit my own system. And yeah, you are the pleasure yeah. pleasure queen into weaving that pleasure into business. Can you speak a little more to that? Yeah. Like how a woman, as you so beautifully demonstrated, can start to weave more pleasure into her life while she is on her way to becoming a pleasure master like you. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think one of the most um, useful things, once again, uh is to grab a hold of one of my books because I, I teach these practices there. So, for example, this morning when I had my first opening staff meeting, the first thing that we did was a dance break. Mm -hmm. So I actually have a DJ. <laughs> There's a woman on my staff who's the staff DJ. <laughs> and it's her responsibility to come to every single staff meeting ready to roll <laughs> with an incredible dance <laughs> tune. Mm -hmm. And then my whole staff sweats it up for, you know, a couple minutes mm -hmm. of the song. And what that does is it um, turns on all of our neurotransmitters, including beta endorphin, um, serotonin, um, all of the feel-good hormones. And then we're flooding our body with all of this deliciousness mm -hmm. and entering a meeting instead of like, exhausted. I didn't have my coffee yet. Mm. We're Jack. We're, we're, we've taken responsibility for up-leveling our pleasure. Mm -hmm. And then we go around and we brag just like you and I just did. Mm -hmm. So everybody gets a chance to brag. Yes. 
And um, then we upright each other's brags, mm. which is like you and I just also did. Mm. Like, oh my goodness, you go, girl. You did so good. Mm. That's fantastic. So that we are celebrating each other. Mm-hmm. And then we'll launch into the meat of the meeting. Yes. And take care of whatever we have to take care of. But we've done it from a launching pad of pleasure. Ooh, love that. Imagine if all the meetings so in the world started that way. <laughs> Right? It would be so useful. Yeah. It would just be very useful. It really just changes things so much. And then there's like the little things like, right, I'm staying at Layla's, but I found like this fabulous mug. <laughs> so I'm enjoying my favorite tea right now, which is Bengal spice. Oh. Is that like for a little afternoon tea? Mm-hmm. Is there any caffeine in there? What type of it's tea kind- is that? No. It has a chai thing, chai like. Nice. But it is not. Uh, but it's not caffeinated, mm. so it's really, really, really good. So little things like that. My hand cream. <laughs> I'm a big, Nearby. big hand cream proponent <laughs> of the hand cream. I have like a strange thing. I can't go anywhere without it. Uh, so I agree. I agree. It's always with me. Always yeah. with you. So the little like pleasure hacks. I love mm-hmm. that so much throughout the day. Just like you know, maybe going for a dance, mm-hmm. having a dance break, bragging to a girlfriend, receiving, mm-hmm. celebrating each other. We were also talking a little earlier, mm-hmm. you said instead of like when you were talking about manifesting, you said a phrase that was really powerful that you sucked it in. And it reminded me of mm-hmm. like receivership as a pussy having person when we take in a cock or we, you know, take something inside of us. There's this idea that that's kind of like mm-hmm. this non-active, non-doing thing. But I believe, mm-hmm. yes, it's deeply surrendered, but to me it does feel like there is um, – something really beautiful and profound happening that like drawing in. And I wondered if you could speak to that a little bit, both in sexuality and also perhaps how that relates to manifestation. Yeah. um, I think that probably one of the things that's sort of the bottom line of my work is I teach women how to receive you know, we're so very good at giving, mm. right? Aren't you all? Aren't you all <laughs> who are listening to this? Come on, just like give it to me. Yes, mama, I am good at giving. I know how to give. Yes, I do. Or, we all are good at that. But receiving is a whole other thing. And, you know, women are built to receive. That's our job mm-hmm. as Perhaps even where even the construction for the receiving is even more um, apparent if you look at the a woman's anatomy. You know, mm-hmm. there's no purpose to her clitoris except to receive pleasure. Mm. That's all that that organ is about. <laughs> it's not about peeing or, um, you know, menstruating. It's nothing. It just lies there waiting to be stimulated and pleasured. Mm. So what that means is um, if you're not currently very good at receiving, Mm -hmm. uh, you could notice that and understand that that's probably because you live in a patriarchal world culture that doesn't teach you or encourage you to receive. It encourages you to produce and work hard, Mm -hmm. la, 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 la. But you were built to receive and you can learn to receive And it's a really good idea because you'll be a lot less cranky. (laughs) The more you can learn to surrender to pleasure and receive, 
the happier you are going to be. So Mm -hmm. it's part of the education that I um, like to give to women is to really expand her receiving muscles um, because she isn't really living her design if she's not receiving. Yes. And we all want to live our design. Yeah. It makes me think of like the Vedic kind of the chakra system, how the root which is right around the vaginal opening, the perineum, the anus for a female or a pussy having person is the negative pole, that receiving. And it's like once you receive up into that energy center, you hit the sacral, the womb, which is actually a positive pole in a womb having person, which is like generative. Life springs forth from there, but you have to receive in order to generate. And so as you were talking, I was just thinking about that, like, yeah, like if we're not able to receive up physically even, but energetically, emotionally, spiritually, like it perhaps impacts our ability to generate, manifest and create in the world as well as enjoy. Mm -hmm. Do you believe that to Mm -hmm. be true? I do. And I think if you think about it, like the things that we can actually do, right. You know, I can work hard and, um, make something happen. But the great pussy in the sky, when she Mm -hmm. takes me by the hand and leads me somewhere or creates an opening in the world for me, Mm -hmm. it's going to be so much further, faster, more extraordinary than anything I could have made happen on my own. Oh, yeah. So it's so important uh, to be able to make space for that in your life so that you're not just filling all your time with tasks, Mm. but you're also taking time to receive pleasure because then the great pussy can have her way with you. Yes. And take you somewhere unbelievable. Um, What I was going to say based on that track of thought, like what would you say to women who feel like pleasure is frivolous, like there's too much going on in their life, there's too much going on in the world, that pleasure should take a back seat? What would you say to that? I would say I really understand. Yeah. You know, I understand that spot, right? Especially because I I was a single mom. I still am, you know, so there's never enough time. There's always things that take more of a priority. Uh, but it's a paradigm shift and pleasure doesn't have to take a long time. But it's a difference between connecting to your power and disconnecting from your power. Mm. Uh, So it's worthy, even in tiny, tiny ways, if there's little small things that you can do during the day, because it doesn't take long, it's just the power of thought, right? It's kind of like, all right, you're about to take a shower. Do you want to use the soap? The fragrance of the soap ignites you. Mm. Or do you just want to like scrub yourself really quick with some hand lotion on the side of the sink? Mm -hmm. Those two differences will create such a huge outcome. Mm. And the way you value yourself, honor yourself. Uh, And I I think as women, the um, self-care is Mm self-protection. And so it's really important to stand for your pleasure because no one else will. Mm. Uh, and, 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 you know, it's interesting, right? At the end of life... If, if today is our last day, right, and you get a chance to look back, you're not going to remember working late. 
<laughs> but you're going to remember, I took the time. It, there was no way. I only had 20 minutes before the sunset. But I went on that hike yeah. up the side of the mountain. I insisted on it. Mm. And the view just lifted my soul. Mm. And then you've stolen a pleasure for yourself mm. that has made you value yourself so much. Mm -hmm. And that is how we elevate our own, um, you know, how we, how we raise our self-esteem. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. This like stealing of the, the, the moments of pleasure, sometimes the simple pleasures. That's something that, uh, Patrick and I always mm -hmm. have in our gratitudes. We're like, I love that we can get so turned on by the most simple pleasures. Like last night we were like, mm -hmm. should we just go and get Italian food right now? Again, you know, it's a busy work time for both of us. And we're like, absolutely. Let's just like steal off. It's, it's, we've got time now it's five 30. It'll be an early dinner and just sit here and like really luxuriate in this just delicious Italian food. And, you know, sometimes it doesn't even have to be that. It doesn't have to be something that you pay for. As you said, it could be like a sunset hike or getting up a little bit earlier, seeing the sunrise. I mean, sunsets and sunrise are a pretty good one. And also like, I loved you talked about the way you are in a shower. You're going to do that every day. That's also an amazing moment to steal, as you say, to like capture for yourself. And I think it was really important what you said that no one's going to do that for you. No one else is going to be the guardian of your pleasure. Uh, and I loved what you were talking about, how that you believe women are like the greatest untapped resource. And if we were to activate our power and be supported in the reclamation of our power, like what, what, what could happen? <laughs> how could the world change? It's mm -hmm. just, so it isn't frivolous for anyone listening. It's like, as you said, mm -hmm. self-care is self self-protection. And when we have that full cup, we all hear it. You can't serve from an empty cup, but like, what does that actually mean? And what does a regulated mm -hmm. nervous system actually feel like? And who, who, how can we serve our families and the people we love when we're coming from this state of I matter, my needs matter, my body matters, my pleasure right. matters. And like, who are we when we mm -hmm. take a stand for that? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I want to talk a little bit about boundaries. Cause I think these two things go hand in hand, like our ability to draw boundaries, to, um, stand up for ourselves, that state that we matter and that our time matters and state what matters to us can be really difficult, particularly for pussy having people. Uh, what would you say to women who are desiring to learn how to set better boundaries and how to withstand the disappointment of others in the face of their boundaries? It's always a risk to state a boundary because mm -hmm. you never want to disappoint someone. Yeah. Uh, so I like to look at it like pleasure research. <laughs> um, you know, your... Uh, looking at how you can improve your experience. So for example, how it worked for, for me one time was I'm, I'm very close with my mom. Um, but when my dad was dying, uh, my mom was in a state of overgiving. Mm. And for a few years, uh, when he was at the nursing home, she would just go every meal to make sure he ate properly. And it was exhausting her. It was wearing her out. It didn't make a damn bit of difference to him because he was um, experiencing dementia. Mm -hmm. So um, every time I talked to her, she was 
telling me about how terrible the day was, how terrible the nursing home was, how terrible her life is, how terrible, how terrible, how terrible. So finally I had to draw a boundary. Mm -hmm. And I was like, all right, every phone call, you're going to get five minutes to dump Mm -hmm. every single wretched thing that there is that's happening because I know there's a lot Mm -hmm. and it needs to be held by by someone who loves you. But then we're going to do five minutes of bragging where you're going to tell me, how amazing you are because you're amazing and I don't want you to forget that Mm. so that was drawing a boundary and in so in doing so it was drawing a boundary that actually supported my mom as well as supported me and I think it's important to notice that when you draw a boundary you're not doing someone a disservice by creating a circumstance in which uh, protects and holds you you are creating a circumstance that protects and holds them as well. Mm. Yeah, I'm getting some feedback on your mic. I don't know, something touching it. I'd, that was such a potent thing that you just said. Oh, yeah. Can you repeat that last thing that you said so we can get it nice and clear? Yeah, I said that when you um, are holding a boundary uh, with someone, mm-hmm. that the purpose of it is to hold and protect you, but at the same time, the boundary hold and holds and protects the other person as well. Yeah. Because uh, it works that way. Yes. Pleasure is so incredible. When you actually take a stand to pleasure yourself, mm. you're putting pleasure into the world and creating pleasure for others. Yes. It's like a living, uh, you become a living invitation for pleasure just by who you are and how you be, which is a healing force in the world. I love that, that boundaries don't just protect us, they protect others. And I think that, you know, people can feel uncomfortable, especially if we are used to kind of not expressing our boundaries. And then perhaps we go through a growth period and we start expressing to people we love what we need and what we don't need. And that can create um, a shift in the tides and tension, but ultimately, mm-hmm. but ultimately I think that people learn that they can trust you more. They can trust your yes. Mm-hmm. They can trust your no, and they can mm-hmm. actually take better care of you and love you better because they know what you really want. And, uh, you know, it's like we have the opportunity in our relationships. We either conceal who we are, what we want and what we need. And as soon as we do that, we take a step back from the relationship and we're actually withdrawing our love as opposed to when we mm-hmm. reveal who we are and what we need, it's extremely vulnerable and it also creates that opportunity for deeper intimacy. So I think it's so true what you say that like it protects us, it protects others and it protects the relationship ultimately so that it's mm-hmm. not built up resentments that end up destroying the, the foundation of the relationship, the quality of the relationship or having you feel like this is a relationship I can't be in without seeing how we've actually contributed to that by not expressing what we need. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Great. It's been such an amazing well, conversation. Been so much. Yeah. Thank yeah, you. It's Mama. been amazing. So I like to finish every call with rapid fire questions and they tend to okay. be more, um, I need to change the name from rapid fire. We were, uh, Emily Fletcher, your dear sister was on earlier in the week and we were joking. It's like, uh, instead of goal oriented lovemaking, there's process oriented lovemaking. And we we're like, this is more like process oriented rapid fire. <laughs> so take your okay. time. <laughs> So the first one is, what book do you gift or recommend to people the most? Oh, my God. This book right here. 
I love this book so much, The Overstory by Richard Powers. It is so good. It's about trees. Oh, bless. And it will also teach you about yourself. It's so fantastic. Ooh, love. If you were about to have your last meal, what would you order? Uh, I would order Italian. Mm -hmm. And I would have like a focaccia uh, sandwich with prosciutto and parmesan and arugula and a little oil and vinegar and then i'd follow it up with a big bowl of cacio e pepe pasta <sighs> with a little yes. parmesan cheese uh and um and then maybe uh tiramisu oh my goddess girl after my own heart Oof. i had recently in <laughs> miami crispy tiramisu it's like where they made the wow. the the cakey kind of biscuity part that they soak in the yeah liqueur. they made it like deep fried it was oh wow insanity alas wow wow <laughs> wow. wow so the amazing <laughs> so the next one is someone comes to you and they're feeling really down but you can only give them one piece of advice what do you say I got you. Mm. You just stay in that hole for as long as you need to stay. You marinate. <laughs> and I just trust that you, you are going to come back up at the perfect time. Oof. There is no shame in your grief. Oh, my God. So beautiful. Everyone listening, let that seep in. So what a gift. So what is your favorite thing? Let me do that again. What is your favorite thing that you own? I'm not like really a thing person so much, but um, I had a very beloved caregiver as I was growing up uh, who made me by hand a quilt that was filled with all the fabrics of my childhood, including some robes and clothing that I had sewn for her. And she kept all the scraps and she made me a quilt. And um, wherever that quilt is, that's my home. Oh, that is so beautiful. Very sentimental. Do you, you still, do you keep, travel with it or you keep it at home? I keep it at home. Uh, if you could be any animal, what animal would you be? I'd be a horse. Oh yeah. Free, huh? I love horses. I love horses. Yes. <laughs> Everything about a horse. Horses are beautiful. They're magnificent. They're mystical. Ah, God, I love horses so much. <laughs> I feel like they're really independent too. You know, they just do what they want to do. <laughs> yeah. They're herding mammals also. Though. Are they? They love company. Yeah? Beautiful. Yeah. If you could mm -hmm. have a superpower. They love to play. They love to play. They, they fuck with each other. It's really cute. <laughs> If you could have one superpower, what would your superpower be? That I could smoke cigarettes with no bad effects. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. I really do. I do. <laughs> if you had to choose a totally different career path in a parallel universe, what would be your profession? Mm, I would be a Broadway dancer, like a chorus line, a chorus Broadway chorus dancer, and maybe with like a little part now and then in a Broadway show. <gasps> yes. I love dancers so much. Singers and dancers, triple threats, actors, singers, dancers. I admire those people so yes. much. I see that. I've seen you on the dance floor, Mama Jeannie. You got moves. So 
I see I've that. got moose, but like I, I, I don't think I'm ready for Broadway. Maybe I am. <laughs> maybe, maybe you're right, Angel. Maybe I am ready for Broadway. <laughs> maybe that's your next move. Like Pussy, a reclamation. It could be the Broadway show. It could be. It could be. <laughs> Just putting it out there. I would watch that show. So mm-hmm. the last one is yeah. that if there were a universal answering machine that you could leave a message on that everybody in mm-hmm. the world would hear today, what would you say? I would say, I love you. And have you remembered to turn yourself on today? <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> Yes. Thank you so much, Mama Gina. Thank you for the work that you continue to pour into the world as a revolutionary of pleasure. I appreciate you so much as a sister, as a teacher, as the beautiful, exquisite woman that you are. So thank you for your time today. Thank you. It's an honor and to be on your podcast and have you listen with me. Yeah. <laughs> and you magnetic, honey. We're doing it. <laughs> That's it for today, Awakened One. And just a quick thank you from me. Thank you for gifting us with your most precious resource, your time and attention so that we can make this world a more awakened place. And if we're not friends on Instagram yet, then we absolutely should be. So come on over and say hello at Angelica Alana and I'll see you there and see you next week.